0: Hey there, friends. Today is October the 6th, 2021, and this is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. His name is Alex, and my name is Frank. What's up, Alex?
1: What's up, man? I have a question for you today. A couple Ooh, questions for you. Yes. How's your fantasy football teams looking?
0: Overall, pretty
1: solid. Pretty solid. Yeah. There's
0: one, le- there's one league I'm in with you goofballs that I am uh, winless. Uh <laughs> Good thing about that league, though is it's six teams, and everybody makes a playoff. so I, I am not worried. How about you?
1: I'm looking great in our league. I'm four and Uh and I am one in three in my other league. so mm. kind of I literally almost have like three fourths of your team that you have in our league. I'm in my other league, oh really? <laughs> Random enough, yeah, yeah. And then I saw a hack job trade offer from you this morning, and I had yeah. to decline that, but thank you for Skirt the Scared money the don't laugh. make
0: money, Al. <laughs> when you lose in the playoffs, <laughs> you're going to know
1: why. <laughs> if it's because of Antonio Brown, I will kick myself in the ass, but I don't think it will be. I'm feeling really good about it, honestly. I mean, that league, it, I wish it was more money because I drafted a great team in a league that's 200 bucks
0: but <laughs> mm, ouch yeah in the leagues that i have a decent amount of money invested i'm doing pretty good i That's i good. like my chances um you know i'm in this league and we switched over to the sleeper app mm-hmm. this year are you familiar with it all you heard of that
1: it's a an application
0: yeah it's an app just for fantasy football no uh uh-uh. uh oh it's beautiful really I, yeah I, I, I run one league with my buddies in high school and I'm going to try and push to get us over into that, into that app next year. Cause it's just fantastic.
1: Nice. I, I thought you said keeper league at first. I just thought you no, were, no, no. That's it, something I'm interested in doing as well in our league.
0: Yeah. It'd be nice. We, I feel like we should get more people involved. Six people is not a lot of people in a fantasy football league.
1: It isn't. Yeah. I'll, what I like is all the teams are stacked. So it's not like one player screws your season, like one or two guys going down. Most of the teams are stacked. Yeah, yeah. Um, we definitely could use some people. So if you're interested, shoot us an email. Ooh, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Friendship league. A friends that would that would be really fun. Be a blast. Um, the other thing I want to ask you about is um how are you feeling about your new Android telephone? Hmm. It's a good question.
0: So I got this phone yesterday. Galaxy S twenty one. Switched over from Apple. Back up a bit. Since twenty 20- 16 I'd had two phones and during that time the phone my personal phone was an android and my work phone was uh iphone and uh I enjoyed it I liked androids a lot and then when I got to this new company I didn't need a company phone so I switched back to apple and on cue man right as my payments were up on this phone it started malfunctioning I never believed that. So I was like, ah, you know, two-year-old phone, whatever. No, dude, like on the day. It was ridiculous. Mm. And I plan on keeping the phone for a while. So I was like, screw Apple. I don't want to participate in this anymore. I'm going Galaxy. So I got it yesterday and um, set it up. And it's like akin to, I don't know, like wearing boxer briefs for like years and then just switching to like regular briefs. Not even tidy whiteys? Not even well, yeah, or tidy whiteys. Whatever, <laughs> you know. It's just it, yeah. It, yeah, in the words of of Garth from Wayne's World, at first it's constrictive, but then you get used to it. So today <laughs> I like it a little bit more. I hate oh, well, I'll say this. I hate it a little bit less today.
1: Say last night you said you're gonna switch today. Is that not happening? And I probably will. I <laughs> probably will go back to that.
0: You know, and, and it's not like it might be a superior product, the iPhone um but it's just what you know i'm 30 years old man like i'm starting to get set in my ways with more things sure and i was willing to keep an open mind about android but just everything about it it's just like it's like it's like trying to fit a square into a, a round hole just fucking
1: not it's not doesn't feel right yeah what i'll always say too is between the two it's like the android they always and they this has always been the case they'll always have like the new flashy feature first like they they have the mm. bending screen or the waterproof or all these different things first but like it's never quite as advertised and doesn't go nearly as well as i think it would yeah. and where i think like apple could do that if they wanted to but they wait until they like work out the kinks and have it to a point where they know it works and it will always work in the easiest workflow whatever the thing is so like apple has has always been behind but when they release stuff it's usually up to par or as advertised so i've always appreciated that i also i've had an iphone since like 2012 or 13 like i just i'll never be able to leave that workflow like the way my brain thinks about a phone so you at least had the advantage of having both for some time so you could kind of juggle them but for me, I don't, I, I don't need Apple to announce some new revolutionary thing with every single phone every year. Like, I buy a phone every two years. Like you say, that's kind of when they start to fuck up a little bit, which is – that is whack. I, I agree with that. But um, if I'm getting a new phone every two years, I, I don't need to see revolutionary things uh, like our friend Mr. Rager. He, he, he got very upset. He, I think that's what I was wondering if when you went to go get the Samsung there was any – At all inspired by him because he's been 100%. Okay, he's been texting me nonstop about
0: it. 100%. Yeah, no, it was. (laughs) I I had been thinking about it. Um, I I knew I needed to get a new phone because my my iPhone, the speaker stopped working like the, like the, you know, when you talk like this. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to speak, I'd take a call on speakerphone, you know, and it's my work phone also. So I get a lot of calls and can't always do that. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's kind of annoying. So, I needed a new phone and then he, he'd let me know that he got that new galaxy flip phone. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. The day. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, I, and there's a lot of people that I know, know, like and respect that have Androids and, you know, and they swear by them. And I was like, ah, you know what? I, I think I want to go back. And then, you know, it, like you said, it's the workflow. It's just that it, it, it's something you're comfortable with. And I think that's what Apple does a really good job with. They design, their system to be very smooth to interact with very simply. Uh, the interface is completely user friendly and they do a great job of making it sticky. Yeah. And, and, and for all the reasons that I just described, Android is far more loose. Mm -hmm. It's far more like you make this what you want it. And Apple is far more like, here are the constraints with which you can work And this is why you're going to love it because of these constraints,
1: which reflects the computers that they make because like the Apple computer Uh has always kind of been user focused. You know, Mm -hmm. this is how you do it. Now it's not even like changeable where you can even change RAM or things like that, even though that is soon changing. But Windows has always been this open platform, this open source thing where you can make your own apps and do all this other stuff. But like as a result of that you leave yourself way more open to be hacked or and and all kinds of other problems where you don't find that with Apple. So that's another thing that I've always loved with Apple products is security. That mm-hmm. that open source format has cool benefits, but it also has very, very bad and easily hackable downsides too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think just ease of doing business um, and everything, you know. Plus,
1: I'd rather look at a blue text from you than a green one.
0: And that is, there needs to be a case study on that, man. That's such a phenomenon and it's real, man. It's so real. Yeah. Uh, I don't get your guys's, I don't get our group ch- uh, texts anymore. And I'm starting mm-hmm. to think that that's an actual iMessage group chat and not a
1: group text. It is because that's how you can do like the ha on people's messages or right, send right. gifts and all that other stuff. That's all because it's an iMessage chain. And, and that, that congruency, that, that I don't know, man, I, that whatever they did.
0: And it's so simple because all, all I messages is, is just end to end encrypted messaging. That's all it is. It's like yep. WhatsApp, but only for iPhone users. Mm-hmm. And probably just because there's such a high adoption rate of iPhone, of iPhones in cultural sphere, America here that buy smartphones that it's become such a, I don't know. It's not even like a perk. It's just like I said, comfortable. It's comfy. Yeah. It's like putting on like a nice sweater, you know? It's like, ah,
1: blue text. There's nothing worse too when you're in a group chat with people. Because like it, it, when I'm in a group chat with Android users, like I can still do ha-ha on messages. But instead of like them seeing ha or the heart like you would in an iPhone, like where it's on the message, it sends like a, a thing in the group chat says like, Alex laughed at, and then it mm-hmm. repeats the whole message. So it like fucks up the whole flow of the conversation now i i don't, I don't know I, I would have thought there would be a way to circumnavigate that in the year 2021 but i guess not
0: i was looking that up yesterday and you have to have a mac to do it because uh,
1: essentially what you would do
0: is you download this app and it sends a message to your mac which then i don't know how it translates it into into i and then through your mac it sends the i and then when you get a message from somebody else with iMessage it goes to the the Mac that Mac takes it sends it through this other app and then it sends it to your to your it's Android crazy. so it's like you're texting but you're just the other person is getting your texts as as blue I guess weird um, yeah cool. and it's so arbitrary it is yeah. it don't gives a fuck about liking or hearting or laughing at a text message you know it's just like I said they've done a really really good job of being sticky and uh, I hate him for it. Yeah. I hate
1: him for it, um, but it's true. I'll say the last two people I know that were iPhone users that switched. Uh, Zach, my brother, lasted, I think, two days or three days. Mm-hmm. And you you didn't even get to 24 hours before you were texting you wanted to well, switch. So there's uh, something yeah. to be said. I don't know what, what the thing is, but. Still have it. And yeah, like I said, we'll I, I hate it
0: less today. Um, and I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And it's it's a great phone. I was telling my girlfriend last night. It's an excellent phone. I was uh, say, what do you
1: like more? Like compared? Like there's got to be some benefits that Apple doesn't have. I'm sure. No.
0: Nothing really, man. It's just not an Apple. Nothing really. No. It, it's just different. Yeah. It's not any. It's not any worse. It's just different. And I like what I like. You know. I, sure. I have an open mind about a lot of things, but when, you know, especially since it's my work phone, I love. Having that, you know, comfortability. Oh yeah. To just bang, bang, bang. You know, I, I know where to go. I know what to do. I, you know, it's it's comfortable to me. And switching it for the sake of switching it, it just seems like a silly thing to do. Um, so I'll probably go and buy a brand new iPhone that will give me um, marginal benefits that I will not even be able to detect, and uh, <laughs> spend way too much money on it. I, I, I loved the 11. I'd love to have kept it, but they're kind of forcing the issue. So
1: what are you going to do? Sure. Um, speaking of liking what you like, the, the only other thing I wanted to ask you about is how do you feel about kombucha? I like kombucha. I, dude, I've like, I've always known what it is and mm-hmm. I've had it before and hated it. And the last couple of weeks, Sarah's been drinking it as like to get probiotics during pregnancy mm-hmm. and started dabbling. And I have come to find that there's a lot of it that I actually really, really like. Yeah, it's very enjoyable. It's like, uh, it's like a guilt-free soda. Kind of it. Yeah, it is. And yeah. alcohol too. Some of them have alcohol.
0: Yeah. Hard kombucha is good. I don't know if that's a big thing out there in, in the uh, Chicago land, but seen it. Oh yeah, I mean, there's it's everywhere. I hear hard kombuchas all over the place on tap. It's mm. almost as popular as like seltzers in in oh, like, wow. the in the liquor store when you go to the, sure. the beverage section. Um, yeah, but not me this month. I'm actually uh, I'm taking a month off of. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys this. I'm taking a month off of uh, substances. All oh, everything, huh? Everything, man. Really? Up until this marathon, yeah.
1: Ooh, okay. And yeah, yeah. what? You're three weeks out from that. Two weeks. Three weeks. weeks. Three and a half weeks, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's creeping up, so. That's what's up. Are you doing anything else? Like, as you're subtracting these substances, are you adding anything into your regimen? New? I'm doing
0: yoga every day.
1: Ooh. For flexibility? For ease of hips? Yep. Flexibility. Yeah. Oh, nice, man. So hopefully it'll help. Who knows? Your goal for the marathon is what? Under four. Sub four, okay.
0: Sub four marathon, I'll be a happy man. And then I'll black out. Well, oh, we'll keep you guys all updated as to his results. They give out free Michelob vultures at the San Diego Rock and Roll, so that's why I'm
1: doing it. I've never understand that whole phenomena of not even phenomena, but just like the occurrence of you finish a race and there's beer there. Like I, yeah. I've never understood that. It's the last thing that sounds good after I run would be a well, beer. Let me ask you this:
0: How many miles have you ever run at one time?
1: The most I've ever run straight was five. Point five, I think.
0: All right, yeah.
1: Five, yeah. Do
0: thirteen miles and then tell me a nice ice cold mic Mickey Ultra doesn't sound like a
1: freaking dream after that. <laughs> but like Michelob Ultra never sounds good to me anyway.
0: Oh, really? You don't like a Mick Ultra?
1: I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not a, a big beer guy. Beer? Yeah, if I'm gonna drink beer, it's just gonna be IPA, man. I don't the watery beers. Really? I just don't. Hey,
0: man, I'm telling you what.
1: I used to be that way. Yeah. And uh, I can absolutely appreciate a Bud Light now. Sure. Well, maybe I got to come back to, I'm just more, I've always been more of a liquor guy in general, other than IPAs. So it's like, maybe, yeah, maybe I need to revisit it. I'm just, I think I'm just on a
0: slow trajectory of turning into my father. (laughs) So in about five years, I'm just going to be drinking butt heavies. Okay.
1: Gotcha. And Heineken's. Well, if that's the case, I'm going to be drinking double rum and Cokes and taking edibles about 15 times a day. If I'm on the same trajectory as my dad. (laughs) They're worse existences. (laughs) That's true. Oh, man. Well, let's get into some news. I know we had a good amount of stuff to talk to today, but I just... Kombucha popped up, and I wanted to... That's one of those things you can just not talk about, you know?
0: Agreed. (laughs) It's for the people, the kombucha. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, uh, biggest story in the news this week is Facebook. Um, Not last week, but the week before, we highlighted one of, of the what ended up being eight stories that the wall street journal chronicled through a, uh, uh, oh, uh, at the time we knew them to be a, 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 a leaker. They were leaking documents out of Facebook and they leaked these documents to the wall street journal, the wall street journal compiled them, organized them. And they wrote uh, eight different uh, articles on Facebook chronicling their misuse of their platform for, for lack of a better term. And, uh, before we get into this whistleblower, we'll go just briefly into the, the different topics that the wall street journal decided to cover based off the documents that they gathered from this, from this whistleblower at Facebook, former employee at Facebook. Uh, the first one was about, um, the secret elite that are exempt from Facebook's normal rules that they would have for say you and I, if you were to be blacklisted on anything, that means that your name is on a list. And if you come up, then you're kind of untouchable. You're, you, 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 nobody wants to touch you because of something that you did. You're blacklisted. Well, Facebook has something like that, but on the other opposite end and they're essentially whitelisted. They have a program called CrossCheck or XCheck, and and originally was intended for quality control. Um, But when this program is used with high-profile accounts, which are accounts that have you know however many followers or 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 or, you know people that like their their content, um, this cross-check will actually be more lenient towards higher-profile users than just regular users. The big example they use in this story is soccer star Neymar. When a girl had accused him of rape in 2019, he put up some photos that were intended to exonerate him from these accusations. Uh, One of the photos was a nude picture of her that I guess she sent him. And Facebook kept that up for like 12 hours Mm. to the point where 56 million people saw it on i think it was on Instagram that he put it up kind
1: so of classified <laughs> as revenge porn in a way
0: yeah right and that which is a i, I believe is a federal crime in America mm. I think it is fact check me on that but I think it's a federal crime here um, so anyways the point there is that they high profile users up to and including Mark Zuckerberg um, do not are not adhered to the same rules as you and I because of their status on on Facebook um the second story which we covered in a little bit more detail was facebook knowing that instagram was toxic for many teen girls um through their own company documents um, it showed that girls who felt bad about their bodies and then went on instagram then felt worse about their bodies and the sickest part about this whole thing is that as they started to feel worse about their bodies they used the app more it's like some really Vicious circle. They felt bad about themselves. They went on Instagram. They felt worse about themselves, but they continued to use Instagram. I don't know the science behind that. Obviously, not good. uh If you want to learn more about that, we detailed it in a uh, uh, episode 49? the week of forty eight or forty nine. Yeah, I think it would have been the week of September twentieth.
1: While you're looking, I did fact checked what you just said, and uh, though there are States that have passed laws prohibiting revenge porn um the production or distribution of it there is no federal law regarding this interesting which is surprising
0: yeah it is surprising you would think right what other reason would there be I mean I don't know it kind of gets into the weeds when you when you make laws that are that specific but sure um you know if you po- if you post nude or loose or, or or illicit pictures of somebody with the explicit tent explicit intent to to demoralize or to embarrass that person. Yeah, that should, should be against the law.
1: Well, that's a personal liberty, Frank, and our, our government's not about protecting personal liberties.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. Does that mean I get to post your nudes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You have my huh. permission. You don't even need to. <laughs> that's not revenge porn. That's just porn. <laughs>
0: um, the third story, uh, uh, Facebook had taken um, actions to change its algorithm in 2018 with a design to improve its platform. Um, and to make it a quote unquote healthier place. Well, it turns out that their actions just caused people to get angrier. Um, and Mr. Mark Zuckerberg kind of dug his feet in. He resisted some fixes that his team proposed. Um, because of the worry that people would interact with facebook less right we've chronicled this a bunch i'm sure you've heard it a million times these people do not care about you they care about your eyeballs and uh, your uh interaction exactly. with their platform they do not yeah. care about you um number four facebook employees flag drug cartels and human traffickers and the company's response to those flags were weak at best Um, They knew about human traffickers in the Middle East. They knew about um, hits made on people in uh, drug cartels in Mexico. And um, at very best, their response was inadequate. Most of the times they did nothing at all. Um, Number five, um, Facebook itself got in the way of Mark Zuckerberg in a bid to get America more vaccinated. Um, It was one of the company's top priorities this year. Uh, That was a memo straight from Mark Zuckerberg. And uh, activists flooded Facebook um, with content that was aimed to, I don't want to say so distrust in the vaccine, but to question the vaccine and whether you should take it causing hesitancy. Um, and data shows that vaccine hesitancy for people in the US on Facebook has declined about 50% since January. Um, so you know, even Mark Zuckerberg couldn't steer the platform to do what he wanted based off of the algorithms that were put in place. Um, number six, Facebook's effort to attract preteens goes beyond Instagram kids document show. Uh, so they have Instagram kids, which is supposed to be, I mean, it just on its surface, it's like
1: kind of the sickest thing I could ever think of, but they paused that stuff. They right, shut that shit down. Yeah.
0: Right, 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 right. But they, yeah, they did have plans to launch this Instagram for kids, which is, you know, a, a social media just for preteens. Um, and they understand them to be a valuable audience that they wanted to tap. Um, but the documents show that, um, they actually, you know, looked into preteens more than was than we were led on to believe. Uh, and they, they had a hyper focus on preteens is essentially what the point of this article is saying, which again, is absolutely disgusting knowing what you know about what these apps do to that, to that age group of people. Um, And then there was another one about uh, documents about uh, Instagram and teens. Um, when When we discussed Instagram and teens and, you know, should you let your kids on social media, this, that, and the other, I think one of the thing one of the things that came through to me on the surface was like, This is obvious. I guess that these documents help solidify what we kind of already knew, but more or less obvious. And I don't think that any of these things that the Wall Street Journal had documented were surprising. You know, you hear about these stories about cartels, about uh, Facebook being an angry place, uh, about it being toxic for girls, young girls, um about high profile users, not being adhered to the same rules as just regular users like you and I, I mean, it's not good, but not all too surprising, right? Wall Street yeah. Journal presented it as this big expose on Facebook. And then all of a sudden, two weeks after this, uh, the Wall Street Journal starts, <coughs> excuse me, the Wall Street Journal starts writing up on, on these, these documents that were presented to them, the whistleblower, who we know now is uh, Frances Hagen, and she was a former employee, is testifying to Congress, like immediately. And I thought that was weird. Not even looking into it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. She's already testifying to Congress. So this How is the, the person that
1: gave it? Wall Street Journal all the information?
0: Correct. The person gotcha. that was leaking all these documents. So... I'm thinking, huh, how is it that she already has an appointment with Congress? I mean, we're trying to pass an infrastructure bill. Um, We're trying to raise the debt ceiling so that we can make good on our debt. There's a lot of big things happening. And this person immediately gets in front of Congress and testifies. So anyway, thought that was a, a little bit fishy. So she gets on to... She gets on into Congress and starts testifying. And what she's saying was also very interesting. She says, Facebook is a monopoly. Instagram's a monopoly. Apple, Google, all these big tech companies, they're monopolies. There needs to be more oversight into how these companies regulate user behavior and that's important because the message wasn't hey these guys are monopolies and they need to be broken down immediately they have far too much power the message was they have far too much power other people need to be in oversight of that Uh, power yeah right a little bit odd right And then you get senators coming on and echoing that same sentiment. Facebook needs oversight. Instagram needs oversight. Google needs oversight. Apple needs oversight. We need to regulate what is going on on these platforms. Not, we need to dismantle these platforms because there's far too much concentrated power in one area. Mm -hmm. So there's school thought out there that this whistleblower, was more or less a pawn, a tool, a a ways to a means so that there could be congressional oversight of these platforms, meaning that the power of these platforms doesn't reside with the companies themselves, but with the government oversight. Obviously, that's not a great idea. And if you look further into like the very recent history of whistleblowers, right? Big one that stands out, Edward Snowden. He wasn't like, Hey, um, I'm a contractor for the NSA and they have blanket surveillance over the entirety of the U S population. There should be some regulation over that so that we can over, no, it was like, dude, this is what's happening. And this is like a crime Mm -hmm. against everybody. He didn't. He didn't get to testify to Congress, you know. He had to go to Brazil and fear for his life. There's a manhunt for this guy, um, and you know, just in the past ten years, there have been whistleblowers uh, for the USDA saying that um, Tyson has is using hazardous chemicals in excess when they're uh, processing poultry. I never heard about them. I didn't hear about any congressional, no, no. um, uh, uh, testifying in Congress for these people. Um, uh, there was a, a, a doctor who, who came forward with evidence of multi-billion dollar security violations from, from Deutsche Bank. Didn't hear anything about that. Um, the USDA, USDA has a lot of these whistleblowers. Um, there was a, um, couple of agents from the uh, ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, that helped expose issues surrounding uh, Operation Fast and Furious. It's a program that resulted in um, guns ending up in the hands of Mexican drug cartels, like purposefully, you know? And and so, I don't know, man, it just seems weird that this person is kind of like, oh, you know? And, And I don't know if it was some sort of plot. It could have been, but I don't know that it is. Um, but it is interesting that both sides of the aisle in Congress can come together on this one issue immediately. And uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a plant, but it seems like it was very convenient timing for an, a, an agenda that they've all wanted Agreed. to get pushed through. Agreed. I don't know, man. It's, it's I, what I did see, though, like when Facebook and WhatsApp and Instagram crashed this week. Uh, just in those few hours, I think it was like eight hours that they were down for, uh, Mark Zuckerberg lost $7 billion. And since this entire thing has gone on with the wall street journal, he's lost over $20 billion and has dropped below bill Gates to number five on the Bloomberg millionaires billionaires index. Yeah. So they're taking a hit.
0: It's, it seems like we're going to war with these companies finally, right? Finally, the government stepping in and saying, "All right, we need to do something because uh, there's a lot of you know terrible shit that goes on on your guys' websites, and you guys hold entirely too much power as a company, right? As a as a as an enterprise."
1: But is the government who you want policing that? No,
0: not at all. Ah. I mean, normally, what you know, you have antitrust laws so that you could break up monopolies, not not transfer the power of them to the government for oversight, right? Yeah. One of the things that this this person said, uh, uh Francis uh, Hogan, the the whistleblower from Facebook, one of the things that she said was that Facebook destabilizes uh governments and sows division, right? Well, yeah. What better, like <laughs> well, and that's not untrue, right? But when you have Congressman and and Congresswoman, Chris um, and Gillibrand, echoing these same words, then I, I, to me that signals that they think they have justification for what they're doing because it's in the name of democracy, right? We got to save this democracy, or what have you. Um, personally, I think that that sentiment tends to lean on one side of the aisle and could be a little bit dangerous, but just in the whole sphere of, of these, these big tech companies and, and their, the power that they hold, our efforts shouldn't be to regulate their power. It should be to dismantle the power that they have and not get involved from a government level.
1: But like as a fan of capitalism ourselves like that would that dissuades any company from becoming that big negative Oh,
0: negative, negative um it, it certainly does not and and that's the whole reason that capitalism works theoretically is because when you get that big then you sh- absolutely shouldn't be able to operate under the pressure of being that big Right.
1: I'm following you, yeah.
0: When recession of two thousand eight, two thousand nine happened, there was something that Barack Obama did that was fundamentally one of the worst things that has ever happened. And he declared companies in America, the banks, that extended these shit home loans, bundled securities that were garbage and sold them in mass creating a worldwide economic downturn. And he said that these banks were too big to fail, right? What's the alternative to that? You let them fail and the problem gets way, 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 way worse, right? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be up to one man to make that decision, but he made that decision and that decision was wrong. The reason that it's wrong is because you must allow for these things to fail on their own accord. You must allow for Facebook to fail on its own accord, but there are laws in place that prevent monopolies. Monopolies are not legal in the United States, unless you're like a utility, right? That's a legal monopoly. Your utility company in your area, mine is SDG&E. They hold a monopoly over the uh natural gas and electricity market in in San Diego and they are legally allowed to do so right that's a legal monopoly there is no legal monopoly in tech but these companies have a monopoly so you you need to do something about that because that is for sure illegal
1: but absolutely what separates it though like in the online sphere than from like the the home gas provider fear.
0: Well, somewhere down the line we decided that it was in our best interest to allow for legal monopolies when dealing with infrastructure like electricity, like like gas, how we power our homes. Mm-hmm. It's better to have stability with one company than it is to have competition with more than
1: one. Right? And I guess but then you get in a situation like I'm in where I have Comcast internet and cable here and it's fucking dog shit and I can't do I don't have other options and they know I don't and they keep raising my bill and it's like you play these the games you always play with comp- cable companies
0: right so so then but then here's the alternative to that um, build out an entire infrastructure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of fiber optic cables underground yeah throughout yeah, your, yeah you know what I'm saying like that's yeah. the alternative so like if you want to go for it but it's never going to work because it costs much money so the reason that they have monopolies here is because the government heavily subsidizes these, um, these uh, sectors of, of, yeah, of, right. of, of, of our economy because I need to, because that's how we, we run. That's how we operate. That's how we're able to talk with each other right now. Cause the lights are on and, and, and the house is, is warm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but with tech, the way you I mean, obviously that's separated because there is no quote unquote, like legal monopoly. You can't, you can't just be this giant company with this huge market share. I mean, when you when you when you have these businesses take over other companies, a lot of the times you hear that they have to divest assets, meaning that their acquisition of this one company in this one sector is deemed too big that they have to divest other assets in order to make this happen. Right. In 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 the in the the spirit of fairness in in competition, right? if you don't allow competition by allowing monopolies to exist, then what you have is what you have now with these big, big tech companies. And, and why this is so different is because this isn't, they're not just competing in a regular like market atmosphere. They have control over everything. When you control the media, when you control what it is that is said and not said, well, then you control everything.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So that's why I think it's a little bit more insidious when you're looking at this whistleblower testifying in front of Congress, because what I'm seeing is that the government has absolutely no intentions to break up that power. They have every intention of grasping that power. And that's why I'm afraid. That's why I'm concerned. That's why it seems fishy to me that this person was granted a seat in front of Congress to testify immediately. Yeah. It seems as though that their aspirations are not morally fit. I don't think.
1: No, oh, yeah, I, I would totally believe it. It's just I don't I don't know what is bad at, as far as American dream goes and and capitalism where you say like Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg starts it out of his room, then he grows it to this huge fucking thing, then they buy Instagram, then they buy WhatsApp. It's like, I understand that they are taking up the large market share of social media, but like that is the natural progression of... Like that is capitalism as it proceeds and then you have other competition like Twitter, not as big as Facebook, very similar in in a lot of ways. Um, You can post... A little bit more freely on there, uh, save for a couple of people that are banned. But to me, it's like if a company can grow itself and, and become that big, now you're going to say, well, now we got to separate you guys. Now WhatsApp is its own company, like it was before. Like, I I don't know that that seems counterintuitive to like the idea of capitalism and growing and and I f- I think monopolies are part of capitalism. I I think that that is when you try to separate those, then you're like nitpicking parts of capitalism that you do and don't want. And I, I don't think that works. I'm not saying that the, like, the government should get involved and police these guys. I don't think that's the right idea at all.
0: The answer to that is is no, because the idea of capitalism is not perfect. Right. And there are no, certainly yeah. ways that you can exploit it and we see them every day, but if you're able to grow as big as these companies are, and then acquire everything, well, then you control everything, right? And that isn't isn't free market capitalism. I'm sure there's a word for it that's skipping my mind right now. Mm -hmm. Oligarchy? I don't know. But what we see in capitalism through history is that companies grow, and they grow huge, and they grow big, and they do very, very well, and then they collapse- as time goes on, because things are not static in capitalism, things are ever evolving. And as a business, you have to ever evolve. There right. has to be limits set on the amount of power that one company has over the free market. Because if they have too much power over a free market, it ceases to be a free market. It then becomes the market with which these companies decide it is. And to that point, there is a lot of power that these companies
1: have and still can have. But so you're saying capitalism has a ceiling?
0: Absolutely has a ceiling, and it should have a ceiling. And mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's kind of disingenuous to say ceiling because it's not ceiling. The system doesn't exist so that you can take over. The system exists so that you can compete, find success if you do it right. And then if you continue to do it right, you can grow exponentially. But you cannot grow to the point where you control the free market and you squash competition just by your own existence.
1: Muddy waters, man, because it's like you want to facilitate their platform and and like what users can put out in a in a country that's is still supposedly based off free speech. So it's like mm-hmm. I can see policing their business practices, but now some panel of people or the government or whoever it's going to be is going to police like what can and can't be posts. Like that sounds like China.
0: It's not. Yeah. Well, right. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent.
1: Yeah. So that, I guess that's where I'm like kind of in defense of Facebook a little bit. It's like, no one should be able to tell them what to do with their platform necessarily. It's their business. They've grown it. I understand that they're big and they're very big and have a lot of influence, but at the same time, it's like the way you control them is by controlling their message ultimately or like what their product is and that infringes on free speech. True.
0: Uh, It it definitely does infringe upon um, uh, free speech. And I'd have to look at more into it before I speak about it because um, I, you know, antitrust laws have been on the books for a long, long time. And Mm -hmm. this has been a problem that our government has identified for as long as we've been around basically Um, that any one entity having, the, the, the ability to have the power that Facebook has now is not good for anybody.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I'd say I'm in support of policing their company politics and the way that they operate. But when that policing would start to infringe on or like affect what the product is or like what people are allowed to say on their platform, that's that's where it gets really muddy to me.
0: Well, yeah but, but I think we're talking about two different things, right? because if you're talking about breaking up facebook then you're you're essentially talking about like, hey w- who are you? What do you own? Okay, great, well, you own too much of it, so it's time that you divest this and you divest this and you allow you Facebook can operate as Facebook, but you've gone too big, you have far too much power and influence in this in the sphere which we which you operate, and we are going to be taking away some of that um, that is different than saying you can't post this. We're going to regulate what happens yeah. on your website. You know, those are f- f- two completely different things. Sure. Um, anyways, uh, let's move on to something, um, a little more lighthearted. Um, French Catholic church personnel sexually abused 330,000 minors. A probe fines. I thought you said uh, lighthearted. <laughs> Sorry. This is all I have today. To dude. <laughs> The only other thing is a sex thing in Ohio. It's pure Um, evil. (laughs) There's an investigation of the Catholic church in France and found that priests, church employees, and volunteers sexually abused approximately 330,000 minors since 1950. I think that's another example of like, we're not surprised, um, but I think what's surprising is that these stories continue to come out in the sheer, you know, volume of people affected in these stories and the continued indifference of the Catholic church, which to me is the most egregious of all this, right? Like, obviously it's terrible that all these children were abused, but the indifference of the Catholic church to this point um as these stories continue to come out and they continue to just throw egg on the face of the Catholic Church and their indifference is so telling it's so evil um that I, I think it's still worth talking about these stories. I think if you were to just see the story you would just kind of scroll by like, oh yeah, there's another one, you know and that number 330 thousand, it seems like a drop in the bucket because of the amount of stories that we know about the world over. Um, so uh, the story goes on to say that um, archival research and a call for testimony. also found that roughly 3000 priests and male members of religious order sexually abused minors since 1950. Um, the numbers are quote, more than worrying, they're overwhelming, said Sean Mark Saw, a prominent jurist who led the investigation. They call for very strong measures. I would agree. Um, now, the thing here is, and I, I've said this before, my professor and one of my professors in business school used to say that cash flow is the most important thing for a business unless you are Facebook, Google, or the Vatican. And what he meant by that is the Vatican has more money than pretty much any country on earth. And that allows them to enjoy their indifference. That allows them to skate by while these stories continue to come out. To my knowledge, the only thing that they do about this is relocate priests and say that they're going to handle it internally. And, um, I don't know, man, it's just the fucking worst. It is the worst. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. I don't, I, I, I can't even like begin to draw out words that describe just the, the gravity of how awful this is not for just for these children and the victims worldwide, for also the people that have put their entire life's faith into this church for the church to turn around and be as evil as they possibly could it's just so bad. I, I just like the whole situation just, uh, uh, I, I I'm sitting here so. biting
1: my tongue, man. Cause you know, exactly how I feel about it. Like I, yeah. I have not sheer coded it ever on the show. I, I think it's a big fucking sham. Uh, the institution of the church, I think it's a bunch of bullshit and it is, it's purely for money. It's a profit. It's a business, man. It, it's, it's insane to me that that more people don't see it that way. And, and they're led astray or just let themselves believe that like they're, and in a way they are, they're part of a community and, and it's, it's a, there are positives that come out of religion and churches. There, there definitely are. I, th- I think there's more people that get taken advantage of, especially financially though. Um, oh, and in this, in this instance, like sexually are abused and it's been years and years and years. And in response to this coming out with 330,000 people saying they were victims over the last 60, 70 years, the Pope Pope Francis said it's a moment of shame hmm. and he called upon leaders of the church to ensure similar tragedies never happen again. Uh, what did you. you say to me? It's a drop in the bucket. How many of these fucking stories have we heard about? And there, these people are there. It's still happening. Like I, I know they can't stop crimes that happened 70 years ago. These people are still around. The shit is still happening and no, nothing's been done to like let priests live like any kind of normal life and fuck women and like have a normal sexual health drive. Like, that is not healthy for a mammal to not be able to like have sex and, and like to just to like shut that thing off of their life for God. It's it's yeah. it's ludicrous. And that's why this stuff's going to keep on happening. And when the leader of your church says it's a moment of shame, that's a fucking joke. And and they're literally putting the protection of the institution over the people that make up the institution being harmed by the institution like it's it's insane and it keeps happening so i'm sorry i get so emotional about it man because i was i was brought up in this institution i've watched a youth pastor molest i guess you could say one of his own and totally get away with it scotch free he's probably out there somewhere else being a youth pastor And and it's like this shit happens all over the place and this institution continually will just say fuck it we make too much money every week with our little collection baskets that go around and our private schools that we charge boatloads for. And, and it'll, it'll never end. I I don't see how it ends, but I don't see how the people that the parishioners continue to buy into this machine. And and this like idea that like, it's not like that this stuff isn't happening in behind their own doors and the people that lead it and the people that, you know, give your homily every week and, and not all of them, like there's plenty of great priests, I'm sure. But like, this is a demonstrated problem over decades. Like, so the people, like it's, it's not a super generalization to say like the people that run your institution will say whatever nice bullshit, you know, makes you feel better on a week to week basis or makes you not fear death as much and all this other stuff. And then will go and, and fuck your children and diddle your children and do all these other things. Like that is not the message that the Catholic church supposedly is pushing out there to love everyone and do all this other shit. So it's, it's, it's the most hypocritical institution I've ever seen in my life. And it's, it's more, it's increasingly harder for me to understand why they continue to be such a, a popular institution. I I really do. I think it's a lot of bullshit, man.
0: Yeah, it's tough, dude, because if you wanted to play devil's advocate and, 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 Let's say that you're at the top of the leadership of the Catholic Church and you say, Well, yeah, all these things are going on and they're terrible. And we believe that the Holy Catholic Church is a net positive for the humanity, despite what's going on with our priests. I don't believe that. But let's just for yeah, sake right. argument say that's sure. that what they're saying. I still don't understand that if they believe that the church must go on for the sake of the good of humanity and humanity's salvation why there isn't at the very least, like a hammer being thrown down against this type of behavior. Yeah. Like at first it was embarrassing for the church. Now it's a fact that's known the world over and maybe you don't let priests have sex, maybe you keep celibacy as you know a, a sacred part of being a clergyman, but like as soon as this happens, as soon as somebody is accused of this, there needs to be an immediate investigation. They need to cooperate with local authorities. they need to be persecuted to the extent the fullest extent of the law in the jurisdiction with which they reside and excommunicated from the church if they're found guilty. And their lack of cooperation for these cases, like I said, their indifference is the most evil part about all of this. When I think of the Catholic church, I think of one person, Frances Brown, my grandmother. If there's one person that has embodied what it means to live a Christ-centered life, it is her. She is the best person that I know the majority of who she is can be defined by the church. And so I think of her, I think of the example that she set in my life and the lives of countless others. And I say, the world is a better place because she exists. Moreover, the example that she set because of the way that she lives her life takes far more strength and bravery and courage than does a lot of other lifestyles that I can observe. And so when I think of these stories, I think of her and I think above the victims of these crimes and above the indifference of the Catholic church, you have somebody like Francis Brown who has dedicated their entire life. And, and until she's no longer with us, she will dedicate her entire life to Jesus Christ And she will do that through the Catholic church. And I think it's such a slap in the face to people like her to continue to be indifferent about the sins of your very own. And if they were smart about it, they could use this as a way to promote truth and to promote the fact that all of us are susceptible to the deepest, darkest evils, including the people that we trust the most. But they refuse to tell the truth about it. And in doing so, they lose the trust of millions. And it may not be enough. And they may continue to operate for a thousand years more. I don't know. But um, I think that nothing about what they do, nothing about their response to this is adequate at the very least. It, none of it's good. And it's insulting to every single facet of anybody who's associated with this church in, in any way, shape or form. And at the crux of it, the victims will never ever 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 get justice and um for that i do not feel uh, bad whatsoever labeling this institution as pure
1: unsanctimonious evil they are evil 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 people totally agree and i and i don't mean to like when i with some of the stuff i was saying i don't mean to like demean your grandma or anyone that like
0: you already have fuck you
1: believes in it but i (laughs) I just don't know like how many times things like this need to happen before like real change needs to happen. Like if, if you want to keep your, your entire clergy, like I, for her, she's, she's been in it her entire life. I'm sure like it's the time when she grew up, like the church was very core to every damn near every aspect of like society. I feel like, and, and now I don't think it's that way. So like, I'm very interested to see like how sharp drop, like they're, Uh, attendance and, and, and participation like is membership is as the years go on, if they don't start like head on addressing these things and dealing with them. And and I don't, I don't, I'll never understand why a man of the cloth could not be married and still not be a man of God. Like it, it doesn't make sense. There's versions of the Bible that Jesus was with Mary Magdalene. It's, it's just like this, it doesn't make any sense to me, and it seems like it would really help fix this problem. And, yeah, and I mean, it's, it's never—it's like,
0: it's an institution that's steeped in tradition, right? I mean, it's like the same thing as like, why is being gay still considered, uh, you know, a, a sin in the Catholic Church? When, right.
1: you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's steeped in tradition, and it's okay for traditions to be wrong though, and, and to be changed.
0: I, I agree with you, and I think you you see the fruits of that here in this story. Right. Like, uh, like maybe it's not the only reason, but it plays a giant role. Right. And on one hand, I I can see the tradition and be like, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that there are still people, institutions that can operate as a rock, as something that's unwavered through time. Right. That to me, I think there's, and I might be romanticizing that a little bit, but to me, I can appreciate something like that. But if you see the fruits of that, and at the very least, you're not doing anything to punish that behavior, then you definitely need to take a look at what it is that that is doing.
1: And you don't need to look far. But is there something to be said for like the number of times we've read stories like this and the people that are supposedly like good Christians? And, and part of this, this family and whatever, bo- like whatever. And they don't do anything themselves to try to spark change or, or like to make anything happen to like, they just like, Oh, well, whatever. I'm going to go to church Sunday still. It's cool. If, you can't just let it keep happening or you're, you're part of the problem at that point. You're still paying money to the people that are molesting your kids in a way. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's no, like that's, you're not better just cause you went to church that week. And like that doesn't happen. Like you're part of that institution you would want to change that institution to make it good or you're no better in, in, in a way. I, I know that's like a blanket ass statement to say, but like, in know, if you, in a way it's true, man, like you can't yeah. just like, like sh- put blinders up to the bad shit and, and only see the good t- so that you feel holy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone's on their own path and, uh, yeah. Yeah. and, and, to the extent, with in which you're complicit with these evil acts, because you participate in the institution that harbors these abusers,
1: I, I don't. I don't think you're far off there. I'm not saying the people are. They're bad people, though. No, yeah, I'm not no, saying. Obviously,
0: that, obviously not. Uh, you know, it's. Y- y- you asked the question. You know, I. I wonder how much participation in the Catholic church is going to fall off. Well, in America, it already has. And you see that. And it's probably a trend that's going to continue downwards, but in a place like Mexico or in a place like Italy or in any other place where Catholicism reigns, this won't, this won't do anything. And, and, and it sucks, but I think it exists that way because people in that part of the world absolutely still have the, the, The need to believe in God, their life, their day to day, their, you know, the things that they go through day in and day out happen primarily because they have faith because if not, you know, Mexico is not the greatest place to be. Um, And these other, you know, third world countries, they're not, you don't go there for, you know, for leisure most of the time. I mean, outside of like your vacation cities in Mexico, I mean, Mexico's poor and it's run by corruption. And because of that, the faith in whatever religion, which happens to be Catholicism in that part of the world, it's going to stay. And these stories, you know, because they don't hit home and even when they do, you know, Even when they do, they're just going to justify it by saying, well, it's not our priest or it's not us or that's not me. And, you know, um, for sure. But yeah, I I think for people like you and I, who can, especially who have grown up in the church, who can see the hypocrisy of it and then see these stories and then see the reaction or lack thereof. By the institution that harbors these abusers i said the, the only word for that is evil
1: so all who right. knows man who knows uh greed uh what i do know is that drinking a good smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself that's a really hard segue to go from <laughs> He's rape to helping veterans and first responders all across our great Cheers. country. But our sponsor, Gunbarrel Coffee, does just that by donating $1 from every single item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our great country. From their medium blend, the Moab, uh, their Double Dark, the Battleship Roast, even their CBD and flus Blend, the Medic, all their coffees are smooth without the... Acid or bitterness you find in so many brews. And now they have their very own hot sauce called the Big Guns. They offer 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get in whole bean, ground, or single-serve pods. And right now, as a friend of our ship, you can use the promo code FNH10 to save 10% at checkout when you buy any of their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. That is promo code FNH10 at checkout. Gun Barrel Coffee. Damn good coffee. Damn good cause.
0: Here, here. Um, go and reach out to us if you'd like. You can uh, reach us on uh, Twitter at FriendshipNH. You can reach us on Instagram at FriendshipNewsHour. And you can reach us at TikTok at FriendshipNewsHour as well. You can send us an email at bummerdude.media at gmail.com. That is bummerdude.media at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time.